today we're going to continue part four of our series that Pastor and Pastor Tom have launched over the last couple of weeks, talking about loving our neighbor. And I want to give you just a little recap, and I want to give you the foundational scripture today. The foundational scripture we've been using for the series is Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31, out of the New Living Translation. It says, one of the teachers of religious law was there standing, listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered so well. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. And the second commandment is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Would you say that out loud with me? Love your neighbor as yourself. He goes on to say, no other commandment is greater than these. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what does it mean to love your neighbor? And in week one, Pastor gave us some great, great context for this. He says, love is the greatest risk that you will ever take. And he challenged us to place the highest value on relationships. I pray that in this season, we've been separated from our friends, our family, our, our normal community, that you're understanding that relationships are at the highest level of importance. I love this quote that Pastor said. He said, human love says some people, some places, some of the time kind of love. But God's love says everyone, everywhere, all the time, that's the love that God has for each and every one of us, and that's the love that we need to adopt. In week two, Pastor challenged us that love is more than a feeling, it's more than a theory or a word, but love is actually an action. It's something we do. It's, it's, um, it's, it's who we are. And he talked about uh, loving our neighbor wasn't really a suggestion. that Jesus was saying this is the greatest commandment. Loving our neighbor is important for us to, to do, but a lot of times for many of us we'd say, this is very difficult, Pastor. I love the messages. They're inspiring. I'm having a difficult time loving those around me in this season. And Pastor asked us to invite God into the situation, invite the Holy Spirit. And he told us to pray, ask God for strength to do this. And his strength would enable us to believe and think and say and do the right things. Let me remind you, you're not going to do this on your own accord or your own power. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today in just a minute. But I want to invite you to continually, daily, Ask God, give, give me strength, give me wisdom. I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. And then last week, Pastor Tom, such a brilliant message. He talked about love being the way to victory and good success. We all want to succeed in life. We all want to lead a victorious life. And the way we do that is through loving our neighbors, by putting love first. He talked about the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives through the new birth enables us to love people. And that's where I want to pick up today. I want to continue right where he left off last week. I pray that you'll get your notepad out or you'll get your iPad out. Take some notes, maybe uh, notes, or maybe um, join us in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you during today's message. I want to start in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 out of the Amplified Version. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. 
Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for our time together today. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment. I ask you to give me boldness to declare your word. I ask you to give open hearts and receptive ears to those watching and listening today. Lord, we make it a priority today to love our neighbor just as we love ourselves. Holy Spirit, give us the boldness and power to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this verse out of the Amplified, but I really love it out of the Message Translation. It says, Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God. He came anointed from Nazareth by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. Love is an action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil, for he was able to do all this because God was with him. I love this. It says he was anointed, he was ready for action, and he was on a mission looking for those that have been beaten down. Maybe you feel beaten down today. Maybe you know somebody who feels beat down by the devil. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to love them back to Christ to God's perfect plan for their life. And I want to talk about this idea of the Holy Spirit giving us the power to love beyond our natural or human means. You know, when I look through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, Pastor Tom talked about it, these transitional seasons from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Jesus living out the Old Testament, introducing a new covenant, we find Jesus living not by the law, but by love and by grace. And the thing that separates him from all the other religious people during this time is his kindness, his goodness. Like he was on a mission of deeds. He was, he was headed to help people and free them. But the way he was doing this wasn't in his own power. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit, or you could say it was by the anointing It was upon him. Now the anointing, if you, if you understand what the anointing is, it's, it's, it's God's power on us or God's power in us. And like one translation or definition, it says, the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And so you and I, as believers, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've invited Him into your life, you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out this life with love as our filter or as our lens for everyday life. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do good under people. You know, me and you are called to do good unto people. There's a lot of bad things going on. The thing that deciphers us or differentiates us from the world or those around us that don't know God should be our good works towards men. The Bible says that he went through the country helping people. You know, that's, that's part of our call is that we've been sent here to help others, and we do that by loving them, by showing them kindness. It says he was on a mission to heal people. And I want to remind you that physical healing is one thing, but there's also many areas in the New Testament we find him bringing emotional healing, spiritual healing, mental healing. See, Jesus wasn't just teaching about kindness everywhere he went. Jesus came to live it out and demonstrate it. And because you and I, as believers, represent Christ on the earth, our highest calling is to love God and to love people as we love ourselves. How do we do that? We don't just do it with our words. We do it with our life. We do it with our deeds. We do it with compassion. We do it with kindness, generosity. We do it with the attitude of leaving people better than we found them. 
How do we do that? That's where I want to go today. We do it because the Holy Spirit gives us the power and the ability to demonstrate the love like Jesus did. I want to give you just a couple points of how the Holy Spirit helps us or enables us to do this. Number one, the Holy Spirit allows us to see people as human beings, not as labels. When we invite the Holy Spirit to to guide us in our love walk and to show us how to love those around us as we love ourselves, He removes the labels for us. You know, for, for those of us that are living successful Christian lives, our identity is found in Christ, not by a label that somebody or some experience or some group of people have put on us. The Holy Spirit allows us to see people as human beings without labels. Let me ask you, when you see people day to day, do you see them with a label? Do you see them as a human being? How how do you view people? Oh, they're that kind of person. They're, They're a drunk or they're an addict or they're the homeless or they're divorced or they're sick or they're broke or they're from this class or they're from this ethnicity. Listen, Jesus never saw people based on a label. He saw them through the lens of love as God's creation. And that's the way that we're called to live today. It's so difficult to not label people because we label people all the time. If you're on social media at all, we have all these names for different people groups of all different races, of all different ages, of all different backgrounds. And me and you, we're called to see beyond the label. We're called to see people as God's creation. I like to think of people with names and faces. I found that society wants to write people off, but Jesus wants to write people in. I hope you get that today. The Lord shared that with me a few years ago when we were doing a series right here at IFC called No Perfect People Allowed. And he took me through a study of Jesus finding those that were outcasts, those that were rejected. And he said this to me. He said, Josh, I want you to understand that everybody else may write people off, but I'm calling you, just as I have, to write people in. And we find a story here in Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus is writing in somebody that's been written off. It says in verse 1, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, there was a large crowd that followed him. And there was a man with leprosy who came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, would you make me clean? Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. In Jesus' time, lepers were considered outcasts. They they lived separate lives in people groups that were rejected as unclean or untouchable. And here we find Jesus defying what society has put on parameters for loving these kind of peoples. Not only does he interact with him, the Bible says that he touched him. I want to implore you in this season right now that we're not so afraid that we're not touching people and loving people with the heart of God. I understand we're socially distancing and we're not physically touching people, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't reach out and try to pull in those that have been rejected and see people beyond the label of their sickness or their condition or of their background or of their habits. God's called us to love our neighbors as ourself. And for you and I, I don't want to be labeled. I don't want somebody calling me this or that or basing me on what they heard somebody else say. I want to be known as Josh Roberts right now in this moment today. 
And so today I, I, I implore you again, I, I want to challenge you today to ask the Holy Spirit, help me see people the way that you see them. As God's sons and daughters, as His adopted children. See, in one touch, Jesus broke all the laws and boundaries set by society and He touched the untouchable. When we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, just as Jesus did, He helps us not only see past the labels, He helps us step in and touch the lives of people that nobody else would touch. So let me ask you, as we're talking about point number one, how do you see people? As you go about your day at work, at the mall, at the grocery store, driving in traffic, how do you see people? Do you see them with a stereotype? Do you see them with a prejudice or do you see them with the eyes of love? I want to ask you today, will you pray and ask the Holy Spirit this week to help you love your neighbor by seeing them greater than a label? Number two, the Holy Spirit enabled Jesus to focus on people's potential and not their past. Today, you and I have the opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to enable us, help us see the potential in the people that we come in contact with and not focus so much on their past. In Luke 19 and verse 1 through 10, we find Jesus entering Jericho. And it says he was actually just passing through. And there was a man there, a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that direction. And when Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, he's gone to be a guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here, here and now, I'll give half my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. You to understand Zacchaeus wasn't just considered a sinner. He was considered a thief, a crook. He was considered like a henchman for Rome. He was the one that was supposed to go collect the taxes at whatever expense and whatever it cost. A lot of times these tax collectors would, would not only badger people for the money, they would add a surcharge to line their own pockets. So you can imagine, here's people that are coming to see Jesus because they're desperate, they're hungry, they're hurting. And all of a sudden, here's a tax collector saying, I want to see what's going on. And he climbs up in the tree and Jesus recognizes him above everybody else. And he says, hey, I want to hang out with you today. And all of a sudden, the religious people, the Bible says, they begin to mutter, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. He's going to hang out with a sinner. He's going to go hang out with that tax collector. And the Bible says right here at, the, at this last verse, Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. Notice how everyone referenced his sin, but Jesus recognized his potential. 
They said he's a sinner based on what they knew he had been doing in his past and probably in his present. And Jesus called him a son of Abraham. Man, there's so much right here that I could, that could camp out for a while. But let me ask you this. Do you see people based on their past? Or do you see people based on their potential? Because the only way we're going to love our neighbor as ourself is to ask the Holy Spirit to give us this kind of insight, to give us this kind of wisdom, and to give us this kind of love for those around us. See, when love is your motivation, someone's past is irrelevant. Society right here wanted to point and say, you, you can't hang out with him. Don't you know what he's done? And Jesus said, I, I don't, I'm not really worried about that. I know what God wants to do. Listen, religion says, don't you know what they've done? But the love of God says, don't you know who they can be? See, the love of God gives us supernatural insight into people's potential. You and I, to, to love our neighbors ourselves would be to become great cheerleaders of people. Wherever we find them, whether they're in sin or their past is sin or whether there's been drama or heartache, sickness, whatever it may be when we find people, our job as believers is to love them to their potential. How can you say that, Josh? Listen, he said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. See, this, this whole idea of, of seeking and saving makes me think of search and rescue mission. Jesus wasn't coming to make friends with everybody and just be, be, you know, be part of the crowd. He was coming to rescue those that had been cast off, cast out, labeled, and even maybe forgotten about. To love our neighbor as ourself, we have to see past the sin. We have to see past the struggle, past the pain. We have to speak to the potential in people. I love the fact that he said, I'm going to go to your house because salvation's coming to you today. Listen, that's our call as believers. That's, that's why the Holy Spirit came. I, I think back about Mark chapter 15 when, when Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, I'm getting ready to go, but you need to wait because there's some persecution coming. There's some hurting people that are going to need you and you're going to need the Holy Spirit to pull off the search and rescue mission I'm getting ready to task you with. Guess what? We're still on that same mission today. Even after 2,000 years, the mission of the local church, the mission of the believers is first and foremost, seek and save the lost. One of the greatest ways we can love those around us is to think the best of people and to speak to their potential. The third thing that I want to point out, and I'll close with this, is the Holy Spirit urges us to step into people's lives that are hurting. Jesus spent 33 years on this earth, and 30 years, it says he was growing and maturing in the Lord. He spent the last three years of his life on this mission of seeking and saving that which was lost, but that required him entering the lives of those people. I like what our pastor says, you'll, you'll never reach people until you enter their world. We have to get outside of our Christian bubble and our, our, our comfortability within the church and begin to love people outside the church because that's where hurting people are. The Holy Spirit urged Jesus for three years to, to go where nobody else would go, to touch people that nobody else would touch, to, to give time to, to those that had been separated or rejected. And he'll do the same for you and me. He'll urge us 
to get involved with people's mess. In Romans 15, 1, we find this scripture, and I love this. It says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith, we need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what's most convenient for us. I'm just going to stop right here. Love isn't convenient. Love's messy. It takes time. Love is an interrupter. Love is compassionate. It's, it's finding somebody in a place of hurt and you're on your way doing something else and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit urging you to stop and be love in action. That's compassion. He goes on to say, strength is for service, not for status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? For that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy on himself by avoiding people's troubles. But he waded right in and helped them out. I took on the troubles of the troubled is the way the scripture puts it. I love this because not only is this who Jesus was, this is who you and I have the opportunity to become. We have the opportunity to understand that the strength that we have in the Holy Spirit isn't for a title or a position. It's actually to serve others. It says those who are strong and able in the faith, we need to step in and lend a hand. We need to be asking ourselves in society, what's going on with society today more than ever? How can we help people? You know, for, for some, some of us, myself included, we can be very selfish. We can be very self-centered. And this whole message, this whole teaching for the last four weeks has been about loving your neighbor as yourself. Stepping outside of yourself and lending a hand to those that are going through drama, pain, hurt, calamity, fear, whatever it may be, is exactly the model that Jesus left for us. He said, I took on the troubles of the troubled. Let me ask you a thought-provoking question and you don't have to answer out loud, but you should ask this to yourself this week. When was the last time that I offered help to somebody who was hurting? When was the last time I stepped aside and put my priorities on hold to make sure the needs of somebody else were met? For some of us, it's a sobering question because it's been quite a long time. And for others, it's, it's your way of life. It's your lifestyle. And I'm going to challenge you as again, as we wrap this message up and we wrap this series up coming up. Listen, God's called us to love our neighbors and that means doing hard things. It means putting others first. Loving others is not an inconvenience, but rather it's an opportunity. When me and you understand that we're on a search and rescue mission and that our mission is to seek and save the lost and love our neighbor as ourself, we shouldn't see these opportunities as inconveniences. They should be exactly that. They should be an opportunity to make a difference. In 2010, I was going through a real struggle in my life. I had some relationships that were decades old that were being split wide open. I was fearful. I was scared. I was physically sick, mentally tormented. And, and I remember in 2010, a friend of mine called me and he said, I just want to call and check on you. And I said, oh man, everything's good. I'm fine. And I played the game that most of us play because we don't want to divulge what's happening in our life. And I, 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 I kind of bushed him off and he said, no, 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 I'm just calling to check on you. How can I help you? How can I pray for you? And in that moment, I felt like I could trust this guy. I could share some things with him. And so I began to pour out my heart and as I did, I thought, 
what I was sharing with him would push him away. I thought, this is going to be too much for him. It's too heavy. It's too deep. It's too messy. And his response to me is, I want to help you. How can I get involved? What can I do for you? How can I pray for you? What do you need? And in that moment, I felt like a comfort come over my life that I hadn't felt in many years. Somebody wasn't pushing me away or rejecting me. Somebody on the other end of that phone was doing their best to enter my world, to take on my troubles as their own and walk me through that crazy season of life. It's amazing how God places people in your life at specific points of time of hurt and of need. Let me ask you, who have you been sent to that's hurting? Who have you been sent to that needs you? What situations are you familiar with or understand in the relationship of your neighbors that you need to wade in a little bit deeper and get involved to make sure that they don't get stuck and that they make it out? I want to say a big thank you to my friend Hal Hardy. Pastor's a great church in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, Hal called me in 2010 and extended that friendship, that kindness, that neighborly love, that God kind of loved to me. And he's called me every month since. Ten years. At least every month. My friend Hal called me last night just to encourage me and tell me he loved me before I preached today. I want to challenge you. You need a Hal Hardy in your life. You need a friend like that. You need somebody who will inconvenience themselves to make you a priority. Let me ask you this. Who in your life Can you step out and call? Can you reach out and touch? Can you speak life into in this season? I've learned, I I love this quote. I like like quotes, but I like this one in particular. And this is by Maya Angelou. She was a poet and a civil rights activist. She said this, she said, I've learned that people will forget what you say, but people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. They'll forget what you say, They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. I would think that's true if you look at the Gospels. That's the story of Jesus' life. They may not remember everything he said. They may not remember everything he did. But everybody that encountered Jesus remembered how he made them feel. I think about the story where the disciples are with Jesus and Jesus is preaching and teaching. He's exhausted. And all of a sudden, all these kids begin to run up to him. And man, I can imagine they're jumping all over him and wanting to play. And the disciples kind of shoo them away and say, leave the master alone. Get out of here. Scram. Get back to work. Get back to school. Jesus said, hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. This is what I came for. And the Bible says that he asked them to draw the kids unto him. Maybe you're one that feels like people are always shooing you away. I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He sees beyond your label. He sees beyond your past. He sees your destiny and your potential. And today I want you to know His love is for you. It's been made available for you by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. We'll get to that in a minute. But for many Christians, myself included at times, our life goal becomes about getting people to come to church. Our life goal sometimes becomes like, man, we just need to get our friends to church. And I want to challenge you. It's not about getting your friends to church. It's about being Jesus to your friends. It's about loving them enough that they meet Jesus through your kindness, through your goodness, and through your love. In closing, I I want to challenge you to know this, that loving your neighbor is possible. 
that loving our enemies is possible. Loving the world around us is totally possible, but it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Let me give you a little bit of a homework. Homework assignment before next week. Number one, invite the Holy Spirit to help you see people as human beings without labels. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you focus on people's potential forgetting their past. Ask the Holy Spirit this week to urge you, give you an opportunity to step into somebody's life that may be hurting around you. Maybe you're today, you're, you're watching this on YouTube, maybe you're watching this on Facebook, or maybe you listen to a podcast and you're saying, I'm that person, I, I'm the one that's hurting, Josh, I'm the one that's needy, I'm the one that's sick or broke or destitute or rejected, I'm the one that's been labeled. I want to tell you right now, Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for your life. He's got a destiny for you. I want to invite you to meet him today. It's super simple. All you do is ask him. You invite him. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so right where you're watching, all you need to say is, Lord, I need your help. I've been stuck in sin and I realize that you're the way out. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me. You were risen on the third day by the power of the Holy Spirit to give me and show me God's love. The Bible says when we pray that prayer, as Pastor Tom talked about last week, our spirit is recreated. We are now in relationship with God and we have the opportunity to begin to fulfill the plan He has for us and reach our true potential. Hey, I want to say thank you for not only tuning in today, but giving me the opportunity to encourage you today. I pray that your spirits are lifted. Again, thank you for being a part of this. We look forward to seeing you here in person in just a few weeks. Have a great afternoon.